Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed on Twitter, Blender HD. I'm the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass that you can find at theoryofdfs.com. Learn the entire game theory of DFS. Me in your pocket, me and James McCool. It's a nice little reference guide with uh, with with how to think like a professional DFS player and to join me, another professional. If you want to call us professional DFS players, I know we make we make money playing DFS. It's Eric Bynfor who's who's back. We're we're late this week. Normally we're on Tuesdays, but your dog seemed to want to eat everything in sight and had to go to the vet. I couldn't find a replacement as I normally you know scramble to do so. So he said we'll do it on Thursday. And uh, the last you you weren't here last week, uh, Eric, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I talked to Davis about NBA top shots. We tried to relate it to DFS to some extent, like what's the edge and kind of kind of mm. similar type of things. I know you've bought in some of these fucking things, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you listened to, to last week's podcast, but uh, are you are you more on my side than his side? I'm I'm assuming you're on his side. So maybe in the middle. So I, I treat it kind of differently. That like when this when I didn't know what the hell this shit was until Bales wrote about it. And, you know, you see it just like everybody else did on Twitter. And my first take is like, holy shit, this is stupid. Um, like like said like like I think that's what most most people's people's take is, and I still really kind of believe that. I don't get kind of why they they built the product exactly the way that they did like with the moments and all that i think that they made it more difficult <clears throat> on themselves than than it had to be but I, i'm not i'm not certain that this product is going to win uh long term or be around forever um but i am um like just kind of interested in you know the digital collectible space um, I have no idea if it's going to work. I have no idea if this product is going to work. Um, but I do think that I'm interested in dabbling in it and just kind of seeing what's out there. Um, are you, are you going on the marketplace and, and flipping stuff? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so th- then why can't you, why can't Eric, why can't you just admit it's your short term flip play? You invested a little bit of money that you, that you yeah. fully have no in your head that this could easily go to zero. Yeah, and you're perfectly fine. It's very similar to a DFS contest. I'm going to enter the 888 mm-hmm. today. I'm going to enter the Game Changer. I'm going to enter the Thunderdome, knowing that I don't know if I have an edge here. I don't know if this is a thing. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm going to I'm going to dive in and spend like enough time to like fully take advantage of my edge. And if it goes to zero, it only represents a small percentage of my bankroll and you you take a shot it's like sometimes yep. i play this whatever 888 or whatever contest and i'll be like today i feel like taking a shot mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to convince anyone else to do the same and yeah. if i if i can make <laughs> if i can make some short term you know nice little shot i did uh I, I played uh soccer on tuesday i normally play soccer and uh they have a 333 I typically just play cash in soccer. Sometimes I'll throw my lineup in a small field, like twelve dollar, nine dollar single entry. The soccer lobby is not big, 
So like the nine dollar single entry mm-hmm. is still only like ninety eight entries. So like first yeah. place is like one hundred and fifty bucks. So it's kind of a little upside there. And occasionally I'll play like the featured like high stakes, which is typically like two twenty two, three thirty three, mm-hmm. four hundred, two hundred that range. Typically around a hundred entries. It's a three max. Uh, I don't play it that often because I don't want to make a second lineup. I want to just make my cash lineup. Let me. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I'm good at. Uh, but in those small fields, essentially your cash lineup is close to what would be optimal in that type of contest. But I saw it was overlaying, like in the last five minutes, like it was like eight, like seventy-eight of one hundred or not, something like that. And I'm like, I, I could play this for free. I mean, if, even if it fills yeah. at like ninety-four, like that's no rake. Anything before ninety-four is overlay. So I put in my lineup into that, the same lineup that I had in cash, and then I just made like a 2v2. I'm just like, okay, well, instead of this, I'm just going to over-correlate, just stack this team and just whatever, and uh, took the shot for 333, came in first for 10,000, right? <laughs> but I mean, but I but I went in going this 30, that I'm only playing about 800 bucks in cash. Like, the reason why I don't play it that often is that it's very hard to get good cash action in the soccer lobby. I mean, you could get action, but you're playing against, I'm playing against Saramek. I'm playing against Red, I'm playing yeah. against, you know, I have to unblock PSU or, or you know, stuff like that. And like, what's the point of that? So maybe I could get into all the double ups, get into all the stuff and maybe like 800 to a thousand bucks. So to play a $333 contest represents like a third of what my, I'm allocating. And that like yeah. goes against like, well, that goes against kind of my, my, my uh, risk averse, my nitty type of, uh, <laughs> uh, risk profile when I play DFS, but if it overlays, then okay, I'll t- I'll take a shot. Uh, just like we 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 preach on on this show that you know bankroll management had had a you know had a risk you know a position sizing or whatever if you want to use it to to <clears throat> for stock market <clears throat> terms like is important because like even if you have an edge, the volatility is so high that. Yeah. You're putting yourself at risk of like you can't make all the money without having money. You need money to make money. So when you're you're investing, quote unquote, in these uh, digital collectibles on a platform that has no distinct withdrawal policy, uh, <laughs> and it's it's a artificially scarce supply because they control the supply. You don't. Uh, yep. It could be oversaturated. It could be undersaturated. This could be the thing. It could not be the thing. You say, let me take let me take a thousand bucks and throw it on. And you look on the platform and go, if I could buy a pack for nine dollars and sell the cards, the cards for sixty, like why not just take a five X right there? Because I mean <laughs> I mean, what why not? I mean, I don't I don't blame anyone. That's why, like, it's not that I don't get digital collectibles. I don't, I, I get it. It's just a matter of like, put yourself in my shoes of how I play DFS and, and you understand where my perspective comes from that, yeah. that like, there's a reason why I don't play. There's, there are some small sites. I looked into this and we'll tie this all together. We, we never prep for these shows. So it goes wherever <laughs> it goes. I looked into the site, no house advantage. You probably heard of it. They've sponsored. I haven't. I don't even know if I have heard of it. Oh, yeah, never haven't even heard of it. No House Advantage. Okay? It's a bad name. But it's it's the, the name for a reason because oh, it's, okay. it's prop betting. It's essentially peer-to-peer. It's essentially where I think the market's going to go where 
once DFS kind of flatlines a bit, mm-hmm. I want to find another peer-to-peer sports analytics type of game. Yeah. And to me, it's not it's not sports betting because they'll limit you if you if you do too well. So like, I'm not going to spend all that time to do that. But I could beat other people at a game of picking eight prop bets, assigning and like on no house advantage, you could like uh, you know assign how many points per each like prop out of your little portfolio, and then you're mm-hmm. just competing against other people's portfolios for the day. So to me, that that's the format that like I think is the future. Uh, the problem is, is that if you go to No House Advantage, uh, they're they're not they're, they're not they're not in New York, they're not in Virginia, like they're not in Massachusetts. These are the states that have like those regulatory fees, mm-hmm. right? And once I see that you're not willing to pay the regulatory fees, <laughs> I I'm sorry, I it it appeals to me. I want I want to play these types of games. I want I want to be a first mover into these types of markets that other people aren't in. And, and lead them for the next, you know, for five years from now. But how do I justify taking taking my money and then my time? Because I have to put in enough money yeah. that, that it's worth my time to even do when you can't pay the $50,000 regulatory fee in Virginia even to operate. Like, I, I've, I come from the online poker background. Like, I, like uh, I lived through Black Friday. Of course, I only had like $1,400 on full tilt at the time. So it wasn't like that big of a deal because I played mostly live. But like, how do I, how, like, that's, to me, that's the red flag stop. Like, yes, I guess, you know, yeah, half the time it's fine. Half the time it goes out. Who knows what happens? But I'm not at the point, like, with my, with my risk profile, like, I, I'm sorry. I can't, I, I, you, you've sent out the signal that my money is not safe. My cash money, my cash is not safe. So how do I do that? So that's why I look at the, the top shot marketplace and go i would do the same thing i would say i I don't care if i believe in digital collectibles and at all all i know is that i could buy something for nine bucks and turn it into 60 with no effort pretty much like Mm -hmm. i'd be doing this and and i'm perfectly fine with people saying that that's why they're doing it and that i I get that and then then if you want to risk the fact that who knows if you could withdraw that's up to your that's then fine that's your risk tolerance i'm gonna put in a thousand bucks and if i if i never get it back fine i'm speculating so th- to me it's it's not a matter my argument is more due to the fact of of the transparency of just i i'm i'm perfectly fine with uh people being assholes right people being greedy i'm i'm cynical on human beings in general but i i i, I could respect someone that's like yeah i'm an asshole i'm a greedy asshole and this i'm doing it and i don't care who i fuck like mm. okay, I respect that. Like you're 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 you're, you're I, I'm gonna flip these things, and if someone's left holding the bag with a sixteen hundred dollar uh, gift that's worth uh, ends up being worth <laughs> five bucks, I'm fine with that as long as I get mine. I apt. It sounds it sounds like bad of me to say, but I respect that because at least you're you're upfront about it. You're not you know you're not trying to say something that you're that that you aren't. So if you Eric, if you're putting a thousand bucks in and like, if I could turn this into 3000 bucks with little effort and then hopefully get my money out, like that's fine. But then don't give me the whole, I believe in digital collectible bullshit because then you'd be buying and holding. Yeah. So uh, I I do think it's a little bit of a combination because I do, do have, so I don't know this is also new and it's new to me. I'm not a, I'm not an expert on any, any of this stuff, but 
I, I do th- like there's enough potential and upside in this thing being this thing working right like Bales talked about it he said it way better than I'll ever be able to say it but it's like you know it's not the same it's, it's some people use this comparison and he kind of did it's not apples to apples with like Bitcoin right but I still will never claim to be a Bitcoin or crypto expert and when it first got brought up I thought it was stupid too I think everybody did and that's how I felt about about this thing but I'm more open to um, you know, dabbling in some of these things that I don't, you know, necessarily think are like, like I don't fully understand, but clearly there's other people who, who, who believe in this thing and there's enough upside in it ending up being a winner and being a thing that I, I am, I, I'm not, I'm not 100% like flipping, trying to turn, like you said, turn a thousand bucks into a few thousand bucks. I am doing that, like like you said, full full transparency. Of course, like I'm all, I'm gonna. I, I you get in, you you see how quick and easy it is to turn a, a few bucks into five x or ten x your money or whatever. On pay uh, on paper, I want to uh, highlight on, on paper. paper. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Um, and so that that's the other thing. This is not investment <laughs> advice. <laughs> this is this is this is to what you said. You you have to have a certain risk profile to dabble in these kinds of things. Just like, uh, just like you have to have a, a, a risk profile in DFS. I mean, exactly. this, this is how I want to relate the things together. I don't want to turn this into a top shot, uh, yeah. another top shot episode. But since you weren't on and Davis was, and we talked a lot about that, I wanted your, I wanted to make sure that people are like, okay, you're, you're, you're interested in this thing. You're not tweeting about it a million times. Of course, I'm <laughs> making jokes about it being, you know, like, like people are buying dinosaur bones now. And like, I'm like, like, whatever. But I mean, yeah. but at least I'm consistent with, with like, we see what's going on with the stock market this week with GameStop and Reddit and everything like that. And I'm sitting here with yeah. like, I'm sitting here with my money market account and ETFs and like, <laughs> can I, like to me, I just, I, I view, I view it as my risk profile is lower that there's no point. I, I just look at it from a logical perspective. Like the. To me, I feel I feel sane. I feel like someone that's that's never going to be a multimillionaire. Like, and my goal has never been to be a multimillionaire. If it's if it if it happens, great, it happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, is that I look at my DK balance right now. So, like, I'm going to open up my DK app, and I currently have in there about twenty three thousand dollars in my DK account. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm not pl- if I'm playing uh, fifteen hundred bucks tonight, like, what is the other money doing? Like just sitting there, it's actually sitting in an account that DraftKings has that they're collecting interest on. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So now I look at that and I go, "Well, I have I have two hundred thousand dollars. Like, there's no point. I'm not playing that money daily on the sites. So why should I have them on the sites? Not because they don't trust the sites. They're regulated now. I I I think my money's safe on there. I'm not. It's not one of those poker situations or offshore mm-hmm. books or anything. I have no problem. It's just that my money's not getting me anything. I'm not I'm not churning an ROI of of anything other than the percent that I'm playing. So where can I park this money that's liquid that I could if I need to put another 5000 on my account, I could do it easily. I don't have to, you know, sell a car or something, you know, like the, you know, that type of asset. So like I looked into I'm like, okay, I, if I $100,000 in a money market account like 3 years ago, the interest rate was like 1.85%. So I'm like, I do the calculation in my head. I go $100,000, right? 
times 0.0185, and that comes out to 1850. And I go, 1850, that's like, that's my cell phone bill for the year, right? <laughs> like, that's how I view it, of like, I, I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is just put my money, just click a button and move my money into this account, and my cell phone bill is paid for the year. Like, I, and with no work, with no labor involved. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's how I view, like, these investments of, like, well, if I could put this money, some of this money into an ETF that over the course of a year averages about 3.5%, well, that's that's my car payment for the year. I mean, like, 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 there's a difference in risk profiles of what you're doing and what I'm doing. What yeah. you're doing... You're you're saying I'm I'm gonna play, and it's very similar to your to our DFS playing styles, right? It, exa- yeah, it's. A, I mean, I like you play these live final qualifiers, yeah. and I don't, and it's yeah. like you you have a higher percent chance of going broke yes. than me, but you also have a higher percent chance of five years from now through DFS having three million dollars, mm-hmm. right? I. I'm unlikely to get $3 million the way that I play, but I maximize my chance of pretty much not going broke. Like I don't have to necessarily worry about being homeless. Right. And I don't have to worry about, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to pay my bills? Uh, and I'm maximizing for that. And my upside is, you know, growing this, that can, can I have a million dollars 10 or 15 years from now? Mm-hmm. and without having to have a real job. And I go, that sounds pretty fucking good to me. <laughs> so, right? So, like, so my investments are much more, you know, a Roth IRA. It's like, okay, this is tax-free and whatever. You put 4500 bucks in a year, and you push it down the line until you're 60-whatever years old. Uh, but most most people, it, how how come psychologically, like you meet two different types of people, it seems like in the in the DFS space. Because I've got I've gotten emails and I've gotten people that like they want to play DFS seriously, and they they look at my goal and go, I want that, right? Mm-hmm. Someone that has a decent job but just hates their fucking job, and they're like they're decent at DFS, and maybe they do some stock trading, maybe they do some stuff on the side, and they're like, I'd like to just be able to just like quit this job. And just take my money and make it work for me, type of thing. And here, this is a DFS is a market just like anything else. And they look at they look at my goal and go, "I want that." Yet there are pl- plenty of people that look at my goal and go, "You know what a fucking nit you are!" Like they're <laughs> like, "What? Like why aren't you trying to strike gold? Why aren't you trying to you know get oil? Why aren't you trying you know why aren't you making ten different bets, knowing that nine of them are going to fail?" And similar to what you're doing, maybe to not that extent. I mean, yeah. you, you still play responsibly yeah. within your means. Uh, how come psycholog- How come psychologically in, inside like the DFS community, it almost seems like your style of your risk profile is championed while my risk profile is kind of made fun of? Yeah, it, it, that, that is weird. Um, I never really thought about it about it that way. And I don't think it was that was always even the case. I mean, I haven't even always been like that. So like that, that's the, the you don't think it's always been like, the case that these, these sites had commercials with people with big checks. You can I mean, play 10 bucks like, and win a yeah. million. I mean, like it, that sites perpetuated it. 
in terms of well, that's just because that sells. It's like you know a million. Well, well that, but that's but that's than... the question I'm at. Hence, why why is your more towards your level? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make a million bucks. I'm gonna you know mm-hmm. type of thing, play live finals, you know those types of things. Why is that championed? Because this because it sells. But why why is that? It is is it similar to like the lottery? Is it similar to like it's it's makes it feel like it's easier than it is, and that the reward that is 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 twenty x more than it should be, rather than. Like when people are like, well, why are you going to invest in ETFs? They're like, it's like 3.2% return and whatever. It's like, yeah. And, and what's wrong with that? And they go, well, that's not, that's, that's not sexy. You're not going to make a lot of money doing that. Why do I need to make a lot of money? I have money. I can make, (laughs) if you tell, if you tell some, look at the way the world is going now with the the United States. We have people need stimulus checks, unemployment rates high. If I told someone, it's like, if I could tell you a way that you could pay your rent for the next six months without doing nothing, like, wh- why isn't that championed? And you're, you know, I'm going to play the $1,500 qualifiers and try to get my $2.5 million check in the Fantasy Football World Championship. Why is that looked at as, well, I want to I be, be like Eric. I want to be like fucking Nitty Jordan. That's because it's because <laughs> this is, we're we're gonna get into some serious human psychology about how fucked up everybody is. But <laughs> it, it, it's two things I think. One is a lot of people don't have money, right? Like you're like, oh, I can just take this amount of money, this comfortable amount of money that I have, comfortable or whatever, you know, whatever verbiage you want to you want to use, and I can just make you know make a living off of that. The a lot of people can't do that. I don't think. Um, and then the like hu- human, <laughs> the human element of this, like, like uh, what's his name? Uh, like Dan Blazarian, right. And Vegas, Dave, and all these guys that, you know, these post Instagram shit on cars, you know, with a, with a lot of cash and like, uh, you know, people have exploited this like flaw in, in humans that is just, is just wild. And that's, what this happened in DFS too? I I think it it went nuts. What like you said with like the advertising craze and all that kind of stuff. With the every commercial break on every channel was DraftKings win a million dollars, you know, whatever. Um, but I think like within our little bubble, it wasn't necessarily quite always that way. It's always like kind of partially been that way, right? That's like the DFS pipe dream, but. You know, it used to be uh, – we talk about this sometimes. Um, like I'll talk about it with Jamino or whatever. Uh, we, we It used to be even like the, the most high-profile touts or whatever would be like, okay, remember, you got to play 80% cash and 20% GPPs. You know, you got to play 50-50s. You got to play head-to-heads, all that. Like go find it. Go, <laughs> go try and find cash game like articles and content. Like it kind of exists. But like people don't give a shit about that anymore. How do I, how do I, you know, take first, how do I get this? How do I get to post a screenshot on Twitter? Right. How do I get six figures or whatever? Like people are winning like <laughs> five figures and like, it does like, like that's not enough. Like, like what do you, you won 20 grand last night and people are like, Oh, well, well so-and-so won 250. Right. You know, because these, these contests are just so absurd. Right. Right. When, when I posted it, on, I made that joke about top shots when I posted the, the, the soccer thing and it's, I took $333 and I made ten thousand. 
And I know, and I'm posting this going in the back of my head. I'm going, is this big enough for me to even post? Like, like you, like you, <laughs> right? right? Why yeah. am I thinking that? Like, uh, like yeah. I'm making a, I'm making a joke out of it. I'm showing, I'm showing, yeah, I got soccer shots. I got chops in soccer, which I normally do. And it's, and I never mind screenshots of people that are like, I, I, I have no problem whatsoever of some dude that plays recreationally that played 17 bucks and turned it into 144 bucks. I'm yeah. like, good for you. No, I, I applaud you. I mean, come on. It's like, it's, yep. it's all in the relation. And then people, people are like, well, unless you're posting six figure screenshots, then you're an asshole. And it's like, but your champ, but like that, that's the thing that I don't, that, that's the thing that I don't get of, of it. It's that psychological factor of why, why are nits looked down upon when in fact, like that's the response that's, they're the responsible people, right? It's funny. It's it's funny. This all kind of coming full circle and how this shit always comes full circle, even though we don't plan anything out. But last night I posted, I had the, like almost this exact same thought that you did. Um, because I had like, I had a really successful start to NBA and it's been really shitty lately. And I think it's just been a little bit of a little bit of variance. And last night, I'm pretty sure I had like the most win equity um, that I've had in a little while. I think I probably, you know, was the favorite in multiple contests on FanDuel, and it just didn't just didn't quite get there. Right, Lonzo um, Ball got but, hurt, and Michael Bridges didn't meet reach reaches median. I saw that lineup yes. that you posted, and for for a small field GPP on FanDuel, I thought that was that's. Mm-hmm. That was a very that was a very uh, you know leveraged way to go. You still played yep. a bunch of the chalk, and yep. you know you got you got unlucky there. But I'm assuming you're gonna say like you tweeted, you had to make a disclaimer in the tweet of like, well, everyone posts like screenshots when they win and God knows how much money, but they don't post like I think this was a I think I played well, I didn't win a lot of money, and I'd I'd like I'd like to show people that and what's wrong with yeah. That. And, and yeah, and it wasn't even like like I don't really I don't really post that many screenshots and all that just because I don't really I don't really care. It's just not my thing. I talked to like I talked to you about it or like if you if you want to hear like the teams that I played or see you can go look them up or I'll you know I talk to you about it or I'm in Slack or Discord or whatever. Um, so I just don't I just use Twitter to fuck around mostly. But like it, it was this exact same conversation that we're having. Like at a certain point, you're just like Jesus Christ, everybody feels the need to post, uh, feels that they, they have to win, you know, X amount of dollars to post something, um, on Twitter. And it's like, we are, yeah, we are ruining this, this ecosystem that we, that we live in here. And that, you know, like you and I make money from not just like with our play, but like with our careers and like, it, it's not long-term sustainable to, to, to have this. I mean, maybe it is, maybe I'm wrong about that. But like, I think we need to be breeding a better ecosystem of, you know, it's not even just like being a knit. Like I, I'm, I'm like, like you said, we have very different risk profiles. We play very different styles um, in in DFS. But like, why why is it? You know, sometimes people post screenshots of winning teams that were bad, bad tournament teams, right? Like, it, it's just it doesn't it doesn't need to always be about that, you know. Oh, I won six figures or seven figures or or whatever. I think we need to be, you know, just breeding a little bit better ecosystem. So I posted like literally like the opposite of what other people would do. And yeah, it's sad. You have to put a disclaimer. But I was just like, look, 
I'm, I'm doing this, you know, professionally kind of, I guess, um, I have a job. So like, that's, that's my profession, but like, look, I've been losing for multiple weeks now. I've, I've been losing and here I think I made a, a, a good team and I want to share it. Like, look, I'm sometimes, 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 you know, even I am losing. And here's a team that, look, I could have won all the money tonight. And everyone experiences that, right? You, mm-hmm. you, everybody, you do, the casual player does. Even the guy, like you said, the guy playing $17, every once in a while, he probably makes a team that win equity was super, was super high and it just doesn't get there. That happens all the time to everybody, but nobody ever like, like you're just left to like sit and tilt by yourself, right? Or tilt in Slack or tilt with you know DMs with your buddies or whatever. Just like, oh, that fucking 2v2, right? Or, oh, if so-and-so didn't get hurt, you know, oh, I, I would have won all the money. And you're just left to like tilt it. And it's like not – you're like not allowed to talk about that also on Twitter, right? You're never allowed to be like, well, probably should have won 200 grand tonight but uh, got fucked out of it. Like everybody's like, oh, quit bitching. Quit, quit whining about it. Right. Keep calm and blame variants, right? Why, yeah, why, yeah. why are you complaining about this shit? Yeah. But it's like we're, we're you know, like I said, just breeding this ecosystem that's like super, super unhealthy. You can't ever – we can't ever like – again, going back to the thing we talk about all the time. We can't ever like be a real human. It's like, look, I, I think I played well tonight. You might have played well tonight and lost too. So we're in the same boat. Uh, there's other – there's other – you made a good team. You – could have won, almost won, whatever, uh, but you didn't. You're tilting. We're in the same boat. We're here together. You don't have to be, you know, it isn't all just fucking screenshots of $100,000 wins and all that kind of right. stuff. Or like you said, or if you won 10 grand or if you won 500 bucks and you're happy about it and you're proud about it, share it. You should be proud. Like, it's not that easy to win this game. Like, we're, we're playing a game against other really talented people uh, and it's hard and you're going to lose a lot. So, like, yeah, be happy and enjoy it when you win. And I think um, kind of what you described in a different way than just like the the kind of more nitty nature versus the more very open to risk uh, nature. I think um, it, it's maybe it's just because of, like 2020 was such a shit show and now 2021 is is starting off like like such a shit show that like everybody is uh, having a, you know, bleak outlook on on everything um and it's really changed kind of the attitude towards all of this i don't know i, I don't think it's really gone know. on for the entire time for the entire time i, I played dfs it's been this way you think so yeah even from like the beginning yes well i only started october 2015 but ever since that yes i th- i think it's a byproduct of social media we know most we know that that in the dfs community we know most of each most of each other from what we post publicly on social media or at least publicly inside of discords and slacks which still have hundreds if not thousands of members so it's still somewhat of a public forum that uh that like it's very easy when there's a community of tens of thousands of people someone's eventually one of one of the hundred thousand won the tournament tonight Right. Yeah. Someone did. Right. Someone did well. And we're going to see it. Right. So then the next day, well, it's one of the someone also. So it's like the it's that Instagramification of like all you're seeing is this guy winning and that person winning and this woman winning and that type of thing. And that's because and no one's posting, you know, because they're they're afraid of getting shamed or something of like, 
Like, oh, I, 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 I 2X, thank, I, I finally, I finally stopped my downswing. It, it was a good psychological win. No one posts that because it, it's, yeah. it's perceived as weakness. But it, yep. but to me, shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't that be perceived yep. as strength? Shouldn't it be perceived as, as, uh, uh, it's a, a nice, like churning out that if you get to the end of the, this is the reason why I'm playing these small field GPPs, right? Mm-hmm. I want to make the same amount of money that I made the past four years, right? Most years, maybe not last year, mm-hmm. uh, 50 to $75,000 on average. Can I get there without having to be like, lose, 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 big win, lose, lose, lose. Can I do it with an $8,000 win here, a $10,000 win there, a $15,000 win here, a 4000 and do it that way, and then cash games, and then, you know, get 5% return there, maybe churn out fifteen to 20000 just in cash games, and then at the end of the year, I'm sitting there with $60,000, and then I look at the whole the course of the whole year and go, I didn't have like any big downswings. I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't stressed out because I was playing a hundred lineups and then having to juggle late swap and do all of that. And then still losing for two months in a row before the, <laughs> Oh, I came in second, 30,000 bucks. Like the stress behind all of that. And then I still at the end of the year end up with the same amount of money with in a less risky profile to do so. Like what? It's to my, to my brain, to me, that should be championed. Like yeah. to me, to me, that's, that's the thing that should be promoted and not the, uh, every once in a while, I'm going to show that I won a hundred thousand dollars and not show the 85,000 I lost in the process. And then yep. no one, no one has any reality of what this is, but 95, just like what you said with the, the flashy cars and the con men with the sports betting picks, it's like, well, people are gullible and they just load. This is, this is what sports betting is. And he's successful. I'm going to buy his picks until they realize that that's like, that's not the way that's not the way it works. And anyone that plays DFS seriously knows that that's not the way it works yet. When, whenever I do anything nitty, you know, I, you know, you get, I get the nit tweets, the, you know, <laughs> right. I get the, you know, what, you know, when I'm talking about switching out $5 head to heads, so I'm not blocking people. So I could I could save GPP lineups that have Gabe Vincent's two and a half points in them <laughs> because you know he didn't play for the Heat or something. And uh, and if I could if I could if I could scrape five percent of them back to the cash line, like that's an extra on my volume. That's that's maybe an extra what five or six hundred bucks, maybe maybe more a thousand bucks over the course of a year. That takes me about five minutes a night to do. What does a thousand dollars buy me? It, that's that's a carp. That's, that's, that's a mortgage payment. I mean, like, so what, why is that looked at at as like, I can't, oh, I can't believe you're such a nit that you spent five minutes, you know, saving bad lineups. Just fuck it. You just, you're, you're playing for first or nothing at all. It's like, well, if I could spend five minutes, I, I, it's, it's one of those things where in poker, in these, in these types of activities, you're supposed to not look at the money from a utility perspective. Right, because then you put too much psychological attachment yep. to it. Oh my God, I lost three thousand dollars. That's like three mortgage payments. I can't believe I lost. Like you have to get outside of that because you'll never be able to play well, but with scared money. I mean, that's what it's called. Yep. <clears throat> so I'm past that. I I get that, but 
But when I get, it seems like when I, it, it's weird. Most people, their weakness is that they view it, they, they view it, util, they view the money from a utilitarian standpoint when they lose, but not when they win, right? They, Correct. People view it as, I can't believe I lost a mortgage payment, but if you won $1,000, you'd be like, I have $1,000 to just risk on anything I want. Like all of a sudden <laughs> now it's like play money. And yep. to me, I view it the other way around that I could lose $3,000 and I don't view it as, as anything. It's just, okay, my portfolio went down. But then when I win $3,000, I think of, wow, I could pay off. I could pay off. So I could, I could prepay three months worth of mortgage. I could, like I view it that as the utility because that's the goal, but it's all built around. That's the goal that I put on it, that this $3,000 that I've won is not funny money. It's either going to go into into my bankroll, and then obviously I'm going to increase my percentage, so it's going to periodically go up over time. So it's money for me to make money, or it's something for me to to utilize, but not utilize of uh, uh, oh, I won ten grand of buying a new car type of thing. Like I don't do that. I like to me ten. Mm-hmm. I, my my wife gets to spend you know a little you know the first rule of DFS. Whenever you win big you bribe your significant other, right? So they'll yep. constantly let you do so. She bought some $40, some headphone thing for a pillow, something, whatever, whatever she bought. I don't know. I just, you know, whenever I would you buy some, buy whatever, put it on Amazon. It goes on my card, whatever the hell happens. Uh, <laughs> but don't, but to me, I, the way that my brain works, I find it funny because I don't view it the other way. And, and you get what I'm saying, even though yeah. it seems like, you lean more towards the side. You're not full on to that side. So when, when we say that, like, I'm a nit and you're like evil can evil, you're not, right? <laughs> you're probably on the safer side of most players that play at your stakes, mm-hmm. right? So we're not, yeah. it's, it's not, you're not off the, off the reservation, but it still comes down to, like, wh- why is what I do seen almost negatively and yours positively when in actuality, if you're a serious DFS player, it it should be the opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is funny. I have kind of moved a little bit more towards, I I think it's actually really funny now that I kind of think about it, that throughout the course that we've been recording this, right. You've gone from like the kind of, crazy high leverage large field mme guy coming in coming down into the the uh, smaller field smaller field contest i was like like you said it's an exaggeration for effect right that's what we do you you have to a lot of times exaggerate for a little bit effect um the high stakes small field crazy high leverage for those contests and playing almost only gpps and you know playing for first and playing live final qualifiers and like i'm still doing a lot of that but um, I have found during this NBA season specifically that um, I have been able to do a little bit more of what you're outlining, you know, lower my lower my risk by playing on FanDuel, uh, playing more heavily on FanDuel and also playing cash games on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get the, the only, we talked about this a few episodes ago, the only time that I don't play cash on FanDuel is when I get lazy, like I'm busy during the day and I'm, and I'm lazy and I don't want to click all the goddamn buttons that you have to click in order to, in order to get into the cash games that you need to. But when I'm really trying to play like yesterday, um, 
I will play the the contests. I will play more of my action, like way more of my action on on FanDuel, and I will play cash games on FanDuel because I've been able to find um, that there's a good balance there between um, my the way I want to approach, you know, like you said, my risk profile, which I, I am on the riskier side, the evil can evil side, um, as opposed to you. But I'm also still able to balance that a little bit with some of the factors that you talked about, right? Just the general sanity level mm-hmm. of like, I'm not getting zero back every single night. Like even if you lose in cash games, or even if you lose um, <clears throat> in some of these some of these contests, you're not always getting zero back, which like has a, an interesting psychological effect. <clears throat> but um, I think there's a ba- I think that there's a balance there and there's a balance there for for everybody and it's different for me than it than it is for you, but um, that's kind of why like all this com- kind of coming full circle like this, that's kind of why I part of why like I tweeted what I tweeted last night and why I'm playing slightly differently than maybe I would have it's, I'm playing differently than I played in NFL season and I'm playing definitely playing differently than I did like last NBA season. Um, and and you talked about um, soccer. That's kind of how I approach college basketball. Um, I haven't been playing that quite as much because NBA has been taking up so much time. But um, that's how I approach college basketball too. The contests are very very similar. Play a lot more, you know, head to heads and fifty fifties and all that kind of stuff because the tournaments the, just don't really don't really exist. But I, I enjoy that sport and I think I have like long term um, plus you know. Uh, high expected value long-term in, in some of that, some of that stuff outside of, uh, like you see, yeah, playing, uh, playing turtle and playing, uh, socks. And some of these guys that are the like superstar niche, niche players, uh, is not necessarily plus EV, but in general, um, just found balancing all of these different things has been beneficial to, you said my, you know, uh, swings. It's been beneficial to your psychology. And I do think that that needs to be outlined. Like I, like you said, I approach it a little bit differently than you do, <clears throat> but the general concept is the exact same, right? right. You're, you're just, so, you're more willing in general to take more shots. Correct. Right. That's, that's that, essentially exactly. that's the, that like, but you're coming a little bit closer to me I, and it could switch in, in mm-hmm. from sport to sport, from quarter to quarter, from year to year. Like, yeah. yes, I, I was playing in GP, my GPP play was supplemented by my cash play, but I was playing the large field GPPs, knowing because that's where most of the dead money is. But I, the swings are just yep. ginormous. And then my swings aren't even that bad compared to a lot of people's swings. So yep. like my risk profile is even lower than the swings that I was going through. And uh, is, there, is, is there a way for me to maximize my uh likely to to minimize my risk and maximize my reward to the same point just by playing different contests just by playing different formats by not looking at 100k to first and going i could build 100 lineups and going what's wrong with 4k to first in a hundred dollar (laughs) contest right what's what's wrong with that if i could win that several times a year and that will eat that by the time I get to the end of the year, this arbitrary period that doesn't matter, that I have the same amount of money. Now, can I do it? I'm not sure because I didn't focus on it. So that's why I can't just say uh, it's January 28th and go, it's working out, I'm doing it forever, or it's not working out and I'm turning it around. I have no idea. 
but the purpose of me doing so is to is to ma- is to is to is to make a normal amount of money. It's it's it, it, it to me it drives me nuts, Eric. <laughs> if your goal isn't to make a million dollars this year, then you shouldn't be playing. I mean, I just I I st- I still I still don't get it. I, is is it is it a macho thing? Is it a a keeping up appearances thing? Isn't I mean. I mean, because you don't, because you, because you don't come across that way, and a lot of serious DFS players don't either. Like it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not. This isn't like all, but for the people that are listening or watching the podcast, hit the thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel. Uh, a lot of times, all they're seeing is the macho stuff, mm-hmm. and not seeing the, the 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 more responsible stuff that goes on. And without having without having a baseline, just that's why the perception of oh you need 150 lineups in order to win these contests like all these things, <laughs> you know that oh oh awesome oh he has you know, he posts a screenshot of his balance and it's 42 million dollars and like I the first the half a second I'm like that's obviously photoshopped, right? And people don't and people think that he has 42 million dollars in his account not because he. Do- he may have $42 million, but he doesn't definitely doesn't have it all in a DraftKings account. You'd be an idiot to do that, right? And he's <laughs> smart enough to, like, why, why are we going to give him, you're going to give DraftKings interest for no fucking reason. So, but the fact that people believe that type of stuff, like, what, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm, gonna, I'm still harping on this. This is, this is the theme of this episode. Why can't, why, why isn't the knit championed? I keep trying to come up with a good with a good answer, and I don't I, I I don't really have one other than yeah, that's kind of what we've devolved to across the like not just DFS right, but it's, it's like this space is so ripe for the Vegas Dave type stuff, and then like you said, um, so you have all these tout sites right? Like I'm not even taking into account like ones I haven't heard of that probably are. are it could be great. I don't know. But like you take all the kind of major ones, you know, and new ones pop up every year and, and, and some die and all that kind of stuff. But that's like such a like the, the subscribers um, and the players, you know, and the, the, the people that work there make up such a large portion of the you know people that are in all these contests. That like you said, it's inevitable that just about every night someone that wins big is on, you know, is, is one of these people right they have a rotor grinders badge or they have a uh awesome badge or they have whatever right and so then it, it, it just snowballs that every single night somebody from one of these places wins and it gets promoted and so then the other site you know that the next site when they win well, they have to they have to promote it and it just created this snowball effect where that's the only thing that people are are ever are ever seeing and um talking about the stuff like honestly that we that we talk about the the react like I, I prefer to like it's like it's the reality of dfs like that well all the stuff that you see on social media and all that kind of stuff it's all fine but like the reality is like what we talk about on here like <laughs> balance managing your risk what are your actual goals how much can you really win what's what what is what does winning even look like is it like you said and it, it's different for everybody. Is it like a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this, or is it this and then this and then this? That like figuring all that out is not sexy to talk about. 
Um, and that's just like it, what it is like in uh, like everything. It's like the, it's the Instagramification. <laughs> right. We, I mean, we, we, we see, but you even see it in the, in the sports betting space. Like it's, if you're not putting it's up horrible. a, if you're not a hundred dollar eight gate, eight team parlay, like why that, when I see that, I'm like, well, these, like, you're not, you're not a responsible bet. Like, do, do you understand how much edge, how much hold this fucking bet has? You can't be a prop. You can't be a profitable better with these bets. Like you can't, it's like, it's mathematically impossible unless you're the Oracle or something like to be profitable with this stuff, but that's not the reality. And it's, it's boring to be boring to people to go, well, I'm going to, there's, there's a, there's a line that's, you know, minus 123 that should be minus 112. And I'm going to bet the other side and take three cents on the dollar on my bet. And I'll just find a couple of those per day and hope I don't get limited. Right. And like the, the props that are off and, and, oh, but what happened? But no, I want to take $10 and turn it into 17,000. It's like, well, the, the, the fucking hold on that is like fucking 40%. Like you can't beat that. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's but but and if you want to play that way for recreation, go for it. I'm not I'm not nothing against right. it, right? If you want to go on on DraftKings sportsbook on a legal sportsbook in the United States and go and have fun and whatever and just 10 bucks here live bet or whatever, go go good luck to that. But I mean, I take a look at some of these lines and I go, how the fuck can you ever be profitable? Like there are I can look I can look offshore and see lines that are 10 cents better. Like no serious better would be doing this and any yeah. serious that they're getting, they're getting the dumb money type of, th- which is fine, but do, you don't see, you don't, you don't see the grinding out a 2% ROI like on Twitter. You don't see like no, no one markets that, right? It's not, it's not, none, none of the, even though that's the reality, no one markets the reality. No one talks about the reality enough. Amongst yeah. amongst sharper players, they do, right? The conversation that me and you are, are having, Eric, right now, and your dog, uh, sharp players have with each other. Not publicly, but with each yeah. other. How are you managing this? How are you like serious players do do talk about this stuff, right? I get I get DMs from uh, from players that I respect more than that. I go, I don't know why you're talking to me. They'll ask me questions of like, well. Are you getting your data over here? Like, what what do you think of like? So I'll mention some sites projections or some sites thing. It's like how are they how are they doing this? How are they doing? Like they're trying to compare it to their own model or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, you know, are you? I'm I'm getting like uh, I like because since I'm tracking my cash games in uh, in uh, NBA on the on the publicly on the spreadsheet, like yeah. some people have reached up. Good players have reached out to me and said, uh, I'd, I'd, I I I. I have lineups very similar to yours and like how you, you only, you like, they'll say you only lost 40% tonight. Like I lost like 90%. Like did we, did you have some high stakes head? Like it's one of those things where it's like, I don't, I don't get like, are you just better at contest selection than me? Like they, but they're trying to get better. But who talks about that? I mean, who talk? I mean, who talks about like, uh, I want to, uh, I lost 90%, but I was stupid because I should have only lost 40% because I entered too many 11-man double-ups with uh, BK Reader and Mock Lovin. Like, I came in 6th out of 11th. 
But if I just entered a bunch of the 23-mans, I would have came in 10, right, with those guys and still cashed. And maybe I don't take that into account enough. And they're reaching out, and they're saying, what are you doing with contest selection that you're... These are on losing nights, right? How did you only lose this while I lost way more? And figuring out, like, how to grind out an extra 1%, 2%. You don't have... Sh- There's no shows about that. There's no... There's, I mean, no one talks about that. But is it the reason that it's not sexy, that it doesn't sell, or that the per, there's too much perception that if you're playing DFS, you're playing it as a speculative investment, similar to your top shots, mm-hmm. right? If you were going to go, into, if someone had a hundred bucks and they're like, I'm going to invest in top shots, I'm going to go in with my hundred bucks and try to turn my hundred into 140 bucks in a week and then withdraw and literally never buy any ever again, take your 40 bucks and there you go. You you got you got a forty percent return in a week. Like you'd take that in any investment you could possibly think of, right? <laughs> right. Yep. Right. It, put in a thousand, get four hundred dollars. Just flipping stuff, and then and then you're done, literally. And then you're looked at as like, well, you know, what a pussy, right? Right. <laughs> why didn't you hold? Yep. Why did why did why did why didn't you take the extra four hundred and reinvest it into more of these things, like? Well, what happens if your risk profile isn't isn't to the extent where you want to, you know, YOLO this? And if you don't, you see this, you see this in venture capital, where you, oh, the business has a great business model. They're making money. They have positive cash flow, and they're profitable. But that they're never gonna, they're never gonna be a five x investment. So like, they don't get any money. They like, yep. like if I can't, tur- if I can't invest a uh, ten million dollars and turn it into fifty million within two years. I'm not interested in turning my 10 million into 15 million into right because obviously there's an opportunity cost they're looking for you know unicorns that can do that and they're betting on a lot of other they're betting on dinosaur bones you know like <laughs> doing that type of shit uh because they're hoping that one goes for 50x that covers it's very similar to MME and DFS right I'm playing 150 lineups for the one lineup that gives me a, a 1500x return uh that that style, that mentality is championed is like that's this is what you should be doing. Look at this guy, look at that guy, look at this. You get survivorship bias. So it's like, look at these three guys that did that. That they don't show you the hundred people that failed, right? <laughs> Just the yeah. these the three people. So what could what could we do if possible? Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe we should be viewing DFS as a get rich quick, get in, get out and move on to something else type of thing that I'm looking that my long-term perspective on DFS is too, is too bullish that because this thing could crash at any time, right? That DFS, you know, sports betting takes over DraftKings two years from now decides to go, uh, we're just going to shut down our DFS platform completely, right? Just like, nope, we're just all sports book and we're done. And then I'm going to be sitting here going, well, where's my 3%, 5% return anymore? And like, now I got to find something else. So that's why, that's why some people I talk to that view it as like, I'm, I'm risking 15% of my 20% of my bankroll a night. Cause I'm good. And I want to get as much money out of this before this whole fucking bubble collapses. Right. 
that the industry yeah. bubble, and I'm viewing it as, I think this is going to be around for quite a while, and I believe that when this dips, that it's not going to be sports betting that I get into. It's going to be these peer-to-peer betting games that there's going to be innovation where people that want to play against other people about stuff. And then they're going to make these, you know, stake draft betting game. Who knows what the format's going to be? It could be one like the national sports betting championship like DraftKings did. Mm-hmm. You get $10,000 and then you have to turn it into X amount whoever turns it into the most by the end of the night type of thing where it's not like you have to turn it. It's just, you're competing against other people and my, and that's where game theory comes in. So I figure that if I'm applying game theory to DFS and making money, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to ride my, I'm going to grind that until there's something else that I could then grind also. And then I get into those games and then people will make like, like, Oh, how come you're not? How come you're not playing like the the super contest, right? You have to make eight bets, and then you have to go like fucking perfect. And if you're perfect, you get five hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, dude, I'm playing against schmucks that are betting on their favorite that they're from Dallas, so they bet on the Cowboys with their eight point fucking pick. And I'm playing. I'm just looking at my model and building the best fucking prop portfolios. And uh, can I get it? Can I get a better return than I could get with an index fund in the stock market? And people are like, "Well, you're talking about fucking index funds in the goddamn stock market? Like, what are you? What are you a nit? What are you a what? What fucking pussy? Like, I just it's it's is it a macho thing? I don't know. It's a it's a it's a it's a really interesting uh, thing to think about, and I haven't. Like I, it's one of those where like I've known that like it exists, right? Like this is not this is not the first time you or I have realized this or thought about this, but I never really like deeply thought about like a why does it exist to the extent that it exists, and you know is it, it is it really it, like how I, I'm fairly certain it's unhealthy, but like how unhealthy is it? Um, but the question I that I ponder, I, I think I think the key the key question. I know I'm trying to gain sympathy of like, come on, I'm a nit, feel bad, feel bad because people make fun of me or something. But is it the thing where I'm the I'm too risk the 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 the, the made fun comes from the fact like I see guys like I see uh, Davis. He's like, well, I'm going to invest in this thing. I'm going to take a shot on this thing, and mm-hmm. he's still doing it smartly and being diversified. Same way you'd be diversified playing DFS and saying like what my biggest, my, the biggest thing that I, I've, I, I've said over the course of my five years of play is that it's a, kind of a little bit of an imposter syndrome. How good am I? I yeah. know I'm better than average. I know I'm good. I know I'm good enough to be profitable. And what I've been doing, I'm profitable. But maybe I'm really good. And maybe if instead of playing the $100 contest, I was playing your contests, the $1,500 contests, maybe if I was playing 150 max and not 50 into the 50 max, maybe if I took on more risk, I'd be sitting here with $2.5 million. And I'm the idiot for being too nitty and not taking it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing way too much EV to minimize risk. And that's why I'm being made fun of. I don't Sorry, think that's the. Think- re- I don't really don't think that's the reason. But, 
but that in the back of my head, I'm like, like imagine if I if I was much more tolerant of risk. It's quite possible that I've I've left a million dollars on the table, and then then yeah. then I feel like yes, you should make fun of me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a it's can kind of be that and and in and in between. I don't think it is so. Let's take a, a quick step back. This is a different conversation than just all oh, all these sites are posting or people are posting screenshots and that's the marketing. Um, I think that's a different conversation that sometimes gets muddied up in in this, um, comparing it to you know like risk aversion and how you should be kind of deploying your uh, assets within this DFS ecosystem. I think, of course, like anything, it's different for every single person. Right. The thing I say on every fucking episode is like we're we're all humans, but that means we're all very unique in the way that we handle different things, um, that we think about different things. You know, we have different risk profiles, we have different um, psychological impacts. Uh, you know, these things are just different different for everybody. But I think, you know, if we're just you know all everything being equal, it's pr- like the truly optimal healthiest way to do it is some sort of um hybrid between kind of kind of all of this if you're really trying to balance every one of these things that has an impact on you um whether you know managing your risk profile like i i would assume that anyone that is playing this maybe this is maybe this is a wrong assumption um is chasing a little bit of upside right you're definitely playing um you know, if you're playing the way that you're playing, you know, to, to get a cer- certain returns because you, you, you're you fairly certain that you'll be able to get those returns over a long, a long period of time. But there is also still that aspect of, of a ceiling, right? Because you are still playing tournaments. You, you may change right. that ceiling depending on the contest you enter, but there is there's an aspect of a ceiling. Right. right well, so it's a day to day. I think the difference, what you're saying is dated like there's a difference. Like when I say that I'm a knit, it's not that I'm a knit in my play style on a slate mm-hmm. right like like i said i don't care about minimum cashing i'm playing lineups that could win first place and i have no problem if i put an x amount of dollars and it turns to zero yep. but but i'm playing every day so like my my contest selection is the knit part of it mm-hmm. not the lineup construction like that's to yep. separate that i think people may get confused they're like well you don't play conservatively you play these crazy lineups and like like yeah, but I'm playing I'm playing one percent of my bankrolls. There are some people that play five to ten percent of their bankroll. I'm playing one percent of my bankroll. I'm playing two percent in cash games, and people are like, "Why don't you play five to ten percent? Like you, like your risk of ruin? Yeah, it's going to go up a little, but not as much as you think it is." And I'm I'm just like I'm holding on to the I'm holding on to the you know the the edge of the helicopter going I ain't jumping off like I don't care yeah but we're only six feet off the ground like, I don't care I'm gonna I could get hurt I don't know I could sprain an ankle like that so like th- there is a difference between if you're if you're I mean tr- truthfully the worst thing to be is high risk in your contest and bankroll management and then low risk in your lineup construction. Actually, that is the worst combination because essentially what you're doing is I'm going to, like, let's say you only have a a $5,000 bankroll. And when we say bankroll, that means, like, once it's gone, you don't play DFS anymore. Like, once, I mean, like, this is whatever. 
Or let's say you have a $50,000 bankroll, so you could play, like, seriously or whatever. Someone had a big score, they quit their job, they think they could do this full-time, and then they have $50,000, they're like, well, I'm playing $10,000 a slate, and I'm building uh, a cash lineup into into large field GPPs. Like, it's almost most likely that your $50,000 in six months will be zero, right, essentially. Probably very fast. Actually. Very fast, right? Because you're never, you're not going to have first place e- equity in these lineups. You're going to min cash forty percent of them. You're going to lose like fifteen percent of your entries every night until you're gone, right? Yep. So essentially, you're taking on a high risk bankroll, high risk profile when it comes to how do you deploy your capital, and then what you deploy it in are assets that have absolutely no upside. right they only have slight downside so that's the worst combination that the opposite would be the the best combination but it takes you the longest to realize which is what i used to do is have uh uh very risk averse bankroll like a fifty thousand dollar bankroll but i'm only playing five hundred dollars yep and then i'm i'm playing the riskiest lineups that I can I can turn five hundred into zero, like that, but I have so much of it, right? I could turn five hundred into zero so many times that one of those times turns into fifty thousand dollars again. That, but I'm building lineups that could win fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. So that's like to me that's the best combination, but it will have the wildest swings because you know you're going to be losing most of the time in your pursuit of getting first place for $100,000. So in between, there ha- there there has to be smart ways to do things even in between where it's 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 like uh like price price elasticity. There's there's some optimal point in the way that you play and the way that I play because everyone has different skills. Mm-hmm. So there's not like well what what are the best contests to play? Well, whatever you're better than your opponents. So there's there's has to be some optimal point where the the amount of money that you risk versus the the style of game that you play like becomes optimal for by the end of X period you have more money playing that way than you would in a different way. So that's that's a that's the way that I'm explaining when people are yeah. asking me like you're not playing these large field GPPs anymore. Should I they ask me, well should I not be playing them anymore? Like <laughs> like no, what I'm not doing this to I'm not doing this so at the end of the year I have more money than I would have if I did the large field stuff. It's going to I my goal is to have the same, maybe even more than survive the swings. Can I do that? Cuz if my if I can, to me that's the best of both worlds. Right? To have the same it's, imagine imagine you having this if I could tell you at the end of the year Eric that you're going to make $150,000. Is that good enough for you? Yes. Profit. Okay. For you. Even for you. Yes. Right. $150,000 is fine. Would you rather, if I told you that you're guaranteed $150,000, and then you, you you have amnesia, so you don't know, you, now you don't kind of know, know that you're going to get there. Would you rather have it by winning, uh, what, $1,000 a day? Right, you're gonna win a thousand a thousand dollars a day for I mean no, it would be what five hundred five hundred bucks a day times three sixty five whatever that comes out to a hundred thousand dollars. Would you rather that or would you rather lose 
for four months straight and then make $75,000 in one shot and then lose for another six months straight and then win $75,000 and then it ends up coming out to $150,000. Which one would you rather have? Yeah, I think almost everyone would rather have the, yeah, 1000 bucks a day. Or, yeah, but or, technically you know, it's the same thing. But I mean, techni- mathematically, yeah. it doesn't really matter. But like you said, we're all human. So from a human perspective, you psychologically losing for four months straight, number one, you have to be able to withstand that. You still have to be able to manage your bankroll because some people tilt and they, even the best of people and be like, I lost four days in a row. Fuck it. I'm playing the 888, right? You think you're yep. doing it because it's overlay. You think, and then it's just like, and it's like, and then you lose that and you're like, why did I make such a stupid fucking decision? And, and sometimes even worse is, you know, then you're making where you, you make worse line, which we've talked about in the past too, right? You, you make worse lineups because either and it might even not necessarily be tilt. It could be tilt and you're, you're subconsciously making, making worse lineups because, um, the psychological effects that the losing has had on you. But it also could be you're, you're, it, it, you're consciously making worse lineups because you're overreacting to, to the losing and tweaking, you know, your approach. So like, there's, and I know we had an episode where we talked a lot about it after like Alan wrote his, his really good article, but like, that's a big thing. And you can't quantify that. Like, and, and it's different for every person. It could be meaningless for, you know, I don't think it's meaningless for almost anybody because every, everybody is a human. We're not fucking robots, but, um, like you can't, you can't quantify that. So like, cause it could have, say it could have a huge impact on me. I could I could be a, I could be an awesome DFS player. Well, I could be one of the best players in the world. But after two weeks of losing, I start making really shitty lineups, and you know I lose all of that edge that I that I actually have in my true in my true skill. And everybody has to be able to assess all of that for themselves. So, like you said, coming up with this perfect intersection, this perfect cross section between these different factors, it really is a super. I've never really like I've I've probably thought about it. Um, and we've even probably like discussed some of it, but the way that we're kind of discussing it right now, I think is really, really interesting because, um, I don't even know the answer for myself. You know, I, I think, um, what you're doing is the most interesting, not from like a specific, how you're, how you're playing DFS and the contest and everything that you're playing, but the fact that you've kind of changed and, and adjusted and adapted. And I think I kind of have have two we talked about it earlier i'm playing more on on a, a different site you're playing cash games i'm playing i'm playing i'm playing, <laughs> I'm playing cash games whenever i'm not too lazy to click the button a thousand times uh, like it's but all like all these kind of different interesting uh, these different factors are really interesting to me because um as we've talked about it like you know you're asking some of the questions like why is this style of play or this personality or whatever why is that championed and like i you like when you don't have an answer which i I don't i don't think anybody does really truly have have an answer but it tells you about how important this concept that we're talking about now now really is right because like the all like this is like the, the the biggest thing of dfs like we talk a lot on this show about you know how to make good plus EV lineups and all that kind of stuff. Like that's just like the fucking ante, right? If you want to be a good player, you got to figure out how to play the game. 
right? If you're bad at the game, none of this shit really even matters. Right. There's no, I always said that there's no bankroll management that could save a losing player. Just, yeah. you could make you lose the money slower, but you're not going to, yeah, yeah, right. you're not going to automatically be a bad player and then somehow with contest selection and bankroll management turn that into profit. Like, no, you're, it's, it's, it's the same thing as a casino. How do I, is there a system for roulette? To like, no, they're all negative EV bets. There's no way to manage everything that, it can make it look like it over a short period that the system works, but yeah. the math, it, it, you'll, you'll ne- they're all negative EV bets. You can't turn them into positive bets. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you just set that aside and you, you just assume a certain level of, of competence, um, a certain level of skill above, above uh, average that this is like where th- this is where you either become like a wildly successful player or like a marginally successful player or a losing player because you can be like you know just one of the many examples like i talked about um you know the psychological impacts could have really 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 negative negative you know impacts on your winning and losing and thus you should be playing a certain type of you know uh, you should be deploying your assets in a certain manner that you know cater to that right like if the tilt really impacts your play you need to be playing you know that doesn't mean you have to i mean maybe it means you need to stop but it also doesn't mean you have to stop if you're able to adapt and adjust uh, accordingly maybe the tilt doesn't right maybe losing for four months straight doesn't really impact you at all well then a different style of play is probably better for you obviously those are the most extreme examples and most people fall somewhere in the middle but figuring out where on that pendulum you fit is like it's not easy, but it's also like maybe one of the most important things. And it certainly, like you think we talked about some of the shit that doesn't get talked about. I mean, that definitely doesn't get talked about, right? Like people even talked about contest selection and, well, how much of your bankroll should you play? Like those aren't even the right question. It depends on you. I, I, I bring it up in the discord when people ask me what I do and I'm like, what does it matter what I do? Exactly. I play different contests than you. I play different. I do different contest selection techniques. I may be playing, and it could be on different slates. I look at certain slates and I go, I think my cash lineup is going to be a lot different than a lot of people's. So I start entering a lot more head-to-heads and triple-ups so I can benefit from that leverage. I think it's the best median lineup, but I know I'm not going to be the popular. I'm going to be against the market somehow. So I don't just want to get a 2X or a 1.8X return in the cash games for being right. I know that 60% of people will have this guy that I don't have. Yep. And if that guy does well, I'm going to lose in double ups no matter what. But if he doesn't do well, let me have a chance of getting three X out of it in the process. So that's, that's slate to slate. So asking me like, what contest do you, sometimes I play the 888. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I play the hundred dollar showtime. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes uh, the $66 uh, contest on DraftKings They've turned into a fucking top-heavy garbage contest. This it's fifty thousand to first, fifteen fifteen thousand to second, and fifth place is like a thousand bucks. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I I was I was playing like five I, for a week. I was playing like five lineups into that when it was like twenty five thousand, fifteen thousand, ten thousand, eight like something flatter up there. But I'm not going thirty five thousand dollars between first and second. Get the fuck out of here. Just so you could say fifty k to first. I ain't yeah. playing it. I'm sorry. I know I see all I, I know I see all the people in there that I know playing it. I ain't gonna do it. I'm a yeah. nit. I ain't gonna fucking do it, Eric. So 
when people ask me, like, what do I do? It's very similar to my, in NBA, you, you, you know what I'm doing. You, you're aware of what I'm doing in NBA cash games this year. Yes. Right. You're, most people don't get what I'm doing. Like, they, like I, I have to explain it in the Discord often. I am not playing cash games. I'm entering cash contests. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm entering a lineup into them, but I have made absolutely no decisions on my cash play. I don't make any decisions. I'm okay. using Roto-Grinders projections and whatever the mathematically optimal lineup is, I am playing. Now, obviously after lock, if Delo's out and this guy moves and then, I just lock in the players that are still in, and do I have a do I have a is there a better lineup that I could have with the current players that are there? So I'll switch mm-hmm. out like that, and I'm doing that across three sites, and I'm trying to play sixty percent head deads, thirty five percent double ups, and five percent triple ups, three mans. But that I put the little squiggle there, the little tilde about because it depends. If it's a two game slate, I don't want to. I'm not going to play three. I'm not going to play ten percent. The the variance is so ridiculous, and then depending <laughs> on what I see in what in that lineup, I go, I look at the lineup sometimes and I go, I would never play this lineup, right? I look, I look at these lineups and go, how is Jordan Clarkson not in this lineup? <laughs> like I right. would know, I would just pl- cl- plug in Clarkson and then build the lineup and whatever happens, happens. But based on these projections, this is the best mm-hmm. median lineup. And I, I've done, I, I used to play cash games like that by, I'm going to, I'm going to build the cash game lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use the projections, but still, like the standard deviation of these players are different. The 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 the, the knapsack problem doesn't know that, right? Yeah. Doesn't know that Anthony Edwards could put up four points today, right? Or forty, <laughs> right? He doesn't yeah. know. He just knows that the median is like twenty three, and it's like oh, he's forty five hundred, so he sounds good in your sounds good in your shooting guard spot, right? Yeah. Doesn't understand the swings of that. So maybe in cash games you don't play him because it's not a narrow range of outcomes, but. If we would play this slate over, that's what a median is. If we played this slate over a million times, technically that lineup is the best. Li- technically, the swings will be bigger, but you only have one slate. So do you want to minimize your swings to be safer? Or do you want to play what's supposedly, if the model's accurate, the most median line? To me, a lot of times, a, lo- a lot of times in the past, that lineup looks like, I, this is not a good cash lineup. And I decide to play something that's similar, but not exactly that. And I lose. And that lineup would have won, right? Right? And then sometimes you look at that lineup and go, this is horrible. This is not going to go well. And you know what happens? It doesn't go well. But the differences between the two, I think, are so marginal, possibly. This is my, my hypothesis, that it's so marginal that can I take out all of the decision-making so essentially, I have to spend my efficiency is is nothing, yep. right? I'm just it's whatever it tells me. It takes me a minute to do, right? As long as I enter all the contests and get it in before lock, I don't have to weigh: do I play this guy or this guy? Do I play this lineup or this line? I could ju- I could do that for my GPP lineup. So now I could spend all my time thinking about GPP, knowing that at six fifty nine p.m. Eastern, I could I could press a button. I could export the projections and put it into Excel. It doesn't matter if there's an optimizer around. It's just projections. I'm going to play that lineup. A lot of people also play that lineup. Maybe it's duplicated a bunch. doesn't matter. I'm playing as if it's a stock. Yeah. I'm playing hashtag, you know, the stock symbol, dollar sign optimal. 
right? I'm playing R-G-O-P-T-O, that stuff, <laughs> right? And that's it. And then all I'm doing is saying I'm, I'm taking $20,000. I'm playing that stock 10% this contest selection across three sites to diversify myself. And I'm holding. I'm a holdler or whatever. How do you pronounce You have to put the L before the D before the L. I'm a hold a holdler until the end of the NBA season. So like I like it's like me investing in a stock. I don't know what the, you know, it's a company. I don't have any control what the company's going to do. Are they going to announce a new product today? I don't, I, I'm not in charge. All I'm doing is taking $20,000 and giving it to that company and say, I hope I turn this into more money by the end of six months. Like that's, but that's not playing cash games. Like right. that's, that. I'm just, I'm to me, it's I'm investing in a projection set. That's essentially what I'm doing into a math problem. And do I believe I'll make more money doing that, or at least the same amount of money doing that than I would having to make the decisions for myself. Now, that's the hypothesis. What's the answer? I don't know. But I'm willing to invest $20,000 because that's how much I would be playing anyway. So it's like, if the difference is, like, if it turns out at the end of the season, I make, on my $20,000, I make 16500 Okay, and then what would I have made if I did it myself? Fourteen thousand eight hundred. Like I don't know, because I'm not obviously I'm not doing them both at the same time. But like, if I were to describe like that as like as DFS play, like I'm not describing DFS play. I'm I'm describing like I'm 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 investing in a robot, right? Right. People look at that look at that and go that well that's not playing DFS. We said last night, last night, literally last night. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was ruled out. Jared Culver was ruled out. That was after lock. The lineup that I was playing before that had Steph Curry and Michael Bridges in it. They projected the best in that line. I mean, like it was, it was a, it was a cash lineup. Uh, when that happened, D'Lo was out and I still had, I had players that were locked in already. Uh, uh, the RG model had, Bradley Beal and Anthony Edwards slightly higher projected together than Curry and Bridges. And you know what the first thought I said in my head? How the fuck do I play Anthony Edwards? Like, like, <laughs> like, dude, obviously it's Curry and Bridges. Obviously Curry and Bridges is the right choice, right? With, with all the suns out and everything, he's 5,300. He's safe. Give me, give me, give, give me 25 points. Steph, give me 45 points. I'm good, Right. I look at Beal, Beal at 10K plus, and I go, why am I paying 10K plus for Beal when I can play 9,200 for Curry? I know Westbrook is sitting or whatever, but, you know, Beal is high volatile also. And Edwards is, who knows? He has a usage rate, but he never makes a shot. <laughs> so, I played, uh, it's funny, it's funny. So, but but, but the point is, is that I played Beal and Edwards. Beal puts up 70, Edwards puts up 40. Curry puts up like, <laughs> 35 and Bridges 30, puts up 15, yeah. right? 50, like the difference is like 60 plus points. If I played Curry and Bridges, last night I played on uh, DraftKings, I played about 1100 bucks. My 1100 would have ended up being like 200 bucks. Instead of, I played Edwards, who was 1% owned in my cash games <laughs> with Beal. <laughs> yeah, I played him in tournaments. Yeah, yeah well, tournaments a different story. Yeah. I get it in tournaments. But that's what's- that's what's funny is it's like I played him in tournaments. He's on un, he's unowned in tournaments. And even me who I play like the guys who, you know, who who shoot two for fifteen every single night. And even I'm like, 
Oh God, Anthony Edwards like this. I know he fit, I know he makes sense, but can I really click on Anthony Edwards? And that's in a tournament I'm trying to win first, right? So yeah, it's just funny. It's right, just funny but I ended up, I ended up making on DraftKings about a thousand bucks. My my 1100 turned into a 2100. Now, yeah. so in a, in a one slate sample size, you could say, well, that's luck. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's that's to, if it's a stock, like what? Yeah, so you'll get lucky on some days and you get unlucky on other days. Right, you'll have a day where you're playing a guy and he's forty percent. He's a normal cash play and everything, and he gets injured in the first fucking quarter. <laughs> and then obviously the sixty percent of people didn't play him. They cash over you, and that's un. You got other people got lucky. I mean, like it's this. It, I'm judging it over a season, two hundred slates. So like, yeah, sometimes I'm gonna. Sometimes I'm gonna get bailed out. Sometimes I'm gonna shove in, all in with a draw, get called. And then outdraw them. And like, yes, I got lucky yeah. there. T- and then sometimes you make it and sometimes you miss. But you were making the bet based on your 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 fold equity, getting the other person a fold. And then you drew out on the three outer. And then, okay, you got. But you're going to be playing that hand, theoretically, like 100, 300 times, 400 times. Like, over the course, of, you want to be profitable on that decision over the course of everything. So my hypothesis is, if I take away my decisions, is is that going to be more or less profitable than if I thought of it myself? So I, that's the baseline. That's <clears throat> that's kind of like the game theory thing of like play whoever you want or the coin flip. If two guys are equally projected and equally owned, what does it matter which one you choose, right? Take Flip a coin. It's like, how do you pick players by flipping a coin? Well, you're telling me that they're about equal. So I'm, I'm testing that from a season-long perspective in cash games of... Are my deci- are the decisions that I would make actually negatively benefit? Is it negative? Could I could I just ride out whatever the projections say for an entire season and make money? And would I be making more money than if I just made the decisions myself? And that's the hypothesis. So yeah, I can't test that over a week. I have to test that over a whole fucking season. And I'm willing to. Re- I'm. I know my twenty thousand isn't going to turn to zero because it's. I'm only investing ten percent per slate. So as it goes up and down, obviously your investment goes up and down. So I'm aware of that. But to to other people, they would look at that and go, like, to to me, that's, what I'm doing is like the same thing, yet it would look insane to most people. Yeah. The other interesting thing about uh, the experiment that you're doing um, is like the, the, the downstream, you know, effects of if... And not even just is it more profitable, is it in the same ballpark of profitability over over the long haul? And then again, where where does the benefits of you literally never thought about this thing? The only time you spent was clicking a couple buttons that you would have clicked anyway. You never had to think about it. You got to use your time elsewhere, whether that's on tournament lineups or something else in your in your in your real life, you know, outside of DFS. Um, you know, the time savings and the psychological savings, how much is that worth? Right. If you make more money, sure. But yeah, then, then, you know, that's, that's obviously good, but okay. If you would have made, you know, you used the example earlier, if you would have made 16,000 doing it your old way and you make 14,000 this way, is that 2000, you know, all the time and effort that you save, maybe it's still, it's still worth it. Right. But it's just the, the whole, the whole premise of the experiment, um, I think is, is really interesting. And it's, again, it's kind of this balancing thing 
uh, that we're talking about, you know, a different, a different view into this, into this balancing thing, um, that everybody has to approach differently, right? Like I enjoy the part of like building lineups and crafting lineups and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that, that would be part of, you know, that impact for me too. But like, if somebody just showed up and was like, look, Blender is just <laughs> clicking it, you know, here, here's his process. It's basically a, comp he's, he's just using a computer to build this team, which I imagine that, you know, you're not the only person on the planet that does this, that's for sure. Um, but you know, I can see how, how Blender is doing that. And that seems like the way I want to, you know, that fits me best for, for DFS, right? It's the best shot, shot at making some money. I have a general idea of about how, how much expected value I have in my teams. And I know about how much time it's going to take. I know, you know, I know, I know all that, that kind of stuff and I don't have to put any psychological stress on myself, blah, 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 blah. Like that could be just the stone nut way for certain people to play, to play DFS. I don't, it probably isn't for me. But like that could be the absolute perfect way for plenty of people to play to play DFS. Um, but, right, but I mean, I'm still doing my GPP. No, like you can't, yeah. you pretty much can't do this for GPPs, no, no, or anything like that. I mean, you could have automated processes and build leverage into your lineups. Top players do have this, and also yeah. there are plenty of cash players that use aggregated projections. And so they're not tilted towards one project. They have their own model. They use this site's model, that site's projections, this, and they kind of blend it all together. And then maybe still they make a choice of, well, I need to make sure they have this guy in the lineup. Like they're doing that. Like that, I'm going to, I would think that that's better. But without proving, without running an experiment, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. transparently saying this. If you play me in head-to-heads, on DraftKings, FanDuel, or Yahoo, you will know my lineup. Like, you will know exactly what... I mean, there, there's, there's no hiding. You know exactly what I'm playing. Okay? Now, that's a, that's a there's a negative benefit to that. That's why I'm not playing $109 head-to-heads. I'm playing low. I'm playing some fives and tens and twenties and limiting it to one. So I don't want... Because I could easily be exploited. But I, I can't be exploited for an, enough of my volume. That maybe you could you could knock me off in a five dollar head to head by knowing exactly what lineup I have and playing the two v. That's why I don't play three mans as much because I know I could be exploited. So I'm trying to play the largest field double ups. The I'm trying to get the most diverse on Fanduel. I'm not playing the twenty mans. I'm playing the hundred mans, right? Just so I be exploited the least for people that are even paying attention. Some people may not even give a shit, but the fact that I'm doing this it doesn't. And the thing that I'm, I, I, I constantly try to say is that you don't, number one, number one, number, there are two things, two very big things. If you're going to do what I do, you have to be really good at contest selection and you have to be committed to doing this no matter what. I'm, this is every day. It doesn't matter. There's no days off, no nothing like that. It's like the stock market. I'm not in control. I'm going to enter lineups. I'm going into contests and I'm going to play whatever the, the goddamn lineup is. And that's what it is. I don't have to sweat anything. It's going to, I have nothing to control. I could go to sleep and wake up six months later. Let me see how much money has come left. So if you're going to just decide, oh, I'm going to play that lineup some days and not other days, then you're not doing what I'm doing. You're playing cash games. I'm investing in a stock. So if you ask me what I'm doing on a specific day, it doesn't matter, right? Don't care about what I do. And then secondly, uh, 
that it doesn't mean what I'm doing is is correct, right? I'm I'm testing. I'm ex- this is an experiment. I could easily turn my twenty thousand dollars into seven thousand dollars by the end of the year, and be like, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that, right? <laughs> right? Maybe maybe maybe. This is maybe this is a maybe this is a negative EV approach, but I can't I I, I don't know until I do it. I'm yeah. I'm 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 speculating just like with you in the top shots. Yeah, I'm saying I don't mind taking twenty thousand dollars that I would normally be playing cash games with anyway, which is only a ten percent of my bankroll to begin with. Because look look at look at the, look at the downstream effect of that. I'm playing cash games with a, as with a bankroll of twenty thousand. My normal bankroll is two hundred thousand. So when I play two thousand on a slate, I'm really only playing one percent of my bankroll. So right. you know how nitty that is, <laughs> right? So so in comparison, me playing with twenty thousand dollars is not like is is not a, that big of an investment. Knowing that I'm churning money, like I'm not I'm I'm not playing twenty thousand dollars a slate. I'm playing twenty thousand dollars as an investment. If that got down to five thousand dollars. I'd be playing five hundred bucks a slate because that's ten percent of that number. So, based on the based on Kelly, you're ne- you're not going to get down to zero. I mean, yeah, you could have gone on a really bad run and get down to <laughs> three hundred bucks or something. Then you're playing thirty dollars a slate, and you'll probably never get it back up to twenty thousand at that point. But but that's a that's that's a different way of thinking. So when people ask like, oh, why did you play this guy? Like I have no, dis- I'm not playing. That's like, well, why did you buy Apple? Why did why did Apple why did Apple only return in the earnings call? They only got they only got one point seven billion in services. Why? Why did that happen? I'm not in control of this. I'm playing whatever this is. They go well. Well, do you think this guy's a good player? That guy? I don't think any like like I'm playing it as a stock. Don't ask me what I'm going to do because I'm going to tell you like yesterday. Someone literally asked me that yesterday. Oh my God! The projections say that I should change. Curry and Bridges to uh, Beal and Edwards. And, and several people played Edwards last week where he put up like fucking four points because uh, <laughs> yep. he shot like three for 14. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and like several people that try to do what I do for whatever reason, even though they're not playing every day, they're not contest selecting, they're not whatever. Uh, they say, I fucking never again. They're like Anthony Edwards. <laughs> don't give a fuck. And I even had to say, I said, if I, if it was up to me, I said it like this: if it was up to me, I'd stay with Curry and Bridges. Like if 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 it was up, if if I had a choice in the matter, if this was me not doing what I'm doing right now, I would look at Beal and Anthony Edwards in my cash lineup and and go, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you. The difference in the median was like point three. So like we're not, it's not, it's not. Are you gonna are you gonna do that for that much volatility? Like no, that, that right. And then, of course, if I did do that, I would have lost, right? I got the upside out of both players and ended up making up. I had, you know, Kendrick Nunn, Snowflake. I got, you know, I didn't play Cody Zeller in cash. I had Aiton. I played Aiton over Gobert, right? That was a, that's a 48-point swing right there, (laughs) right? But everything made up for it when Curry busts and, and Anthony Edwards puts up 9x, and Beal puts up 70, but that's the whole point of having a whole lineup, right? That's that sometimes you have to play players that are volatile to make up for a guy that does snowflake. I mean, that's, 
That's a concept even in GPPs. Mm-hmm. That if you play too safe of a lineup, it's like you, you, you're really never going to get the first place. You need to embrace some volatility in it. But in the same way that I said, to, to bring it back into the beginning of like the, the nitty style of play, like for me to do this, to play cash games like this, like it's a stock, like it's not sexy. It's not yeah. championed. It's not, oh, you're just going to grind that. Out. Or people question it. They go, there's, they'll say, there's no way that you could be profitable doing it this way. Right? Because then it almost sounds too good to be true. You're telling me that I just have to sign up for Roto Grinders for 40 bucks a month and press a button? That And it'd be within the community guidelines? I've even said, I, I'll tell you right now, I'm not allowed to say, based on an NDA, what DraftKings tells me. But I can tell you what I tell DraftKings. I've had conversations about what's the difference between lineup sellers and optimizers. And according to the community guidelines, projections are perfectly fine. You can't, there's no way to ban projections, right? There's not like, cause you could have your own. I mean, like, give me the Excel file. I, the thing is the optimizer I could do in, in Excel solver. I could solve I can do it the same yeah. way. It's it's the optimizer is not going to stop me from doing this, right? Do do I have to make two choices and X out like two bad players? Like to me, that's a joke. I've said mm-hmm. it to DraftKings. I said the difference if if you're if you're going to ban lineup sellers, what's the difference between that and come here and push my button? It, to me, there's no difference. Agreed. Right. There's no difference at all. And if you're going to allow me to push a button and get a lineup and still play it. Why shouldn't I? Right? And the, as, lo- as long as I don't take that lineup and then tell other people to play that lineup. You know how yeah. stupid that sounds? <laughs> when I could say, well, I can't tell you what the lineup is, but if you go to this web address and press that <laughs> button, then it's perfectly fine because it's our projections that we're sharing. I, I see the hypocrisy of that. <laughs> one's allowed and one's not allowed. And that makes absolutely no sense. The problem is that no matter what you do, you can't, there's, it is what it is that it, it's, it's like, it's, it's, the, it's computerized trading. It's like, you're not going to, it's not going to, there's no way to, there's no way to kick people off for using projections. And then you can't for sharing projections, as long as they're not uh, employing a strategy where they're like pulling their money together and trying to take advantage of other people, then, then you, then 30 people in a contest have the same fucking lineup. And that's tell then you ha- then you have to ban project. The do- I'm going to keep on. If it's profitable, why shouldn't I do it? Mm-hmm. Right? Why why shouldn't I? It is is that to me that's not unethical. I'm saying what I'm doing. Yeah, it is what it is. What it is. Some people question on whether or not like the projections are good enough. Like, can you do this and and be profitable? It, a lot of people question that you can't. You have to put some amount of effort. I'm saying fuck you. I think maybe I let's see. I'm I'm putting at the same the same thing Jonathan Bales buying a $35,000 fucking John Morant card. I'm saying here's my $20,000. I'm betting on the RG projection team. I'm betting on Jamino's model, right? I could do this with any I could go to Labs, I could do the same fucking thing. I could go to Labs, I could go to ETR. I could do it for the, their model. I could aggregate all three and then whatever lineup is fucking there, there you go and do that also. If it, if it comes out that you could do any one of those four things 
and come out with X percent plus, then you could judge. There's to me, that's to me, Eric, that's the baseline, right? That's if you can't get to that point where a monkey could press a button and enter a lineup, you, I, you have to see, can you beat that? Let alone beat other players. So to me, that's the responsible way to go. But no, to me, no, to, 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 to this date, at least not publicly or that I've talked to people, anyone's ever like consistently done this where you could say that, I mean, this is not how you, you, you this is not how you uh, judge the accuracy of a projection model by its top optimal line. That doesn't matter, right? It's just solving a math problem at that point. But the problem, the problem comes in is that let's say I do prove, let's say I turn $20,000 into $60,000. So I make a nice 3x return. Obviously, I'm doing this publicly. Mm-hmm. Does that mean like more people jump on and next thing you know, like more than half of your contests have the same lineup. And then once more than half of your contests have the same lineup, then cash games become you can't, you, unplayable. Or right. is there enough variance that... It doesn't happen that you could play multiple types of thing. Like to me, this is the matter of it. Does DFS become at least in cash games, more of a solved game and maybe to, to, to use other people's points that by me doing this publicly, if it works, I, that it's possible that I'm destroying my own edge in cash games. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be telling people this. I shouldn't yeah. be doing. I shouldn't be doing this publicly. But the, you know, you know, you know what my response to that is. I know you didn't ask for it. I know I answer my. Own, I kind of ask my own <laughs> questions. Uh, people already do this. So, like to to me, what I'm doing, people have done for five years, right? They've mm-hmm. aggregated projections. They've had. They've shared projection models. They've they've used one versus. I know. I I can open up at seven o'clock. And I know some of these, the usernames and no, that's the labs optimal. That's the ETR optimal. That's the blended labs plus ETR optimal. That's the blended three optimal. That's like, I, 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 all I have to see is who, who gets unlocked at seven o'clock for the early games. And like, oh, this guy, this, oh, Zeller plus. Okay. I know what lineup they have. Like there's still six slots left and I know exactly their lineup because I've looked, I literally have looked at it. Because I have access to the same fucking projections that, that these fucking people have, right? So, so I so I look at this and go like, at least I'm being transparent about it, versus doing it in the shadows. Yeah, I think it's a super interesting. Not, not even just like the specifics of of this experiment, but just the premise of this thought experiment as it relates to kind of everything we talked about for, for most of, for most of this conversation where it's like, okay, you know, just in a vacuum, this could be, you know, quote unquote, the optimal way to play cash games. I don't know. You know, maybe it is. We'll find out. Maybe we won't find out who fucking knows. Right. But that's not even really the point. The point is like, this could be the way that you should do it. You know, this could be, you're like, dude, I don't, all I have to do is show up and, click a button and like, like I'm going to have X return on my money by the end of the year. You know, I can pretty much project what my 10,000, 20,000, what my 500 bucks or whatever. Why I can pretty much project what that's going to, what that's going to do, you know, all else being equal, obviously, but like that could be, but that like even that, that like return, right. 
that may not that, that may not be the best fit for everybody for how they should play. It could be the absolute best fit. Like that could be the thing that some people should do, not even playing, like don't play tournaments, come in, pay pay your pay your 40 bucks a month for for rotor grinders, let it give you the lineup you want and take an extra turn because you're like you said, you're just basically buying stock in 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 rotor grinders. That could be the best for some people. It could be awful for other people. Um, you know, whether it's psychologically or your risk profile or your goals, right. Uh, or the upside, uh, whatever, you know, or like you just enjoy the strategy behind making that team, whatever, there's tons of all these different variables, but figuring out the blend of all those variables that fit for you is like, you know, so unbelievably important and something that like you talked about, nobody, no, this, this never gets discussed. Right. We're framing it in a way revolving around this kind of experiment that you're doing. But like nobody, nobody talks about like, like, um, you know, people talk about contest selection, but like my contest, not only is my contest selection different than yours, it should be different than yours. Mm-hmm. Right. And yours should be different than somebody else's, et cetera. Having figuring that out is obviously hard. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying that I've even figured, figured it out for myself. Cause I probably haven't even thought as deeply about it as we discussed today, but like people really do, like, we really should have those kind of conversations a lot more, like even more than the, like a lot of the stuff that we're, that we, we talk about every single week here. Right. Like, cause that's like you said, you can't make a losing player into a good player by the right contest selection. Um, but so you can, we want you could make know, a winning player either more consistent a more a higher ROI or or just less minima, minimization of of risk cuz it can or, or more upside if he wants to go the other way if right. if you want to be riskier and you but you want to try to capitalize on on more upside um you can go that way right or wherever on that pendulum um but figuring out that like it has huge, huge effects on your, your, your ROI, huge effects on your upside, whatever. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, nobody, nobody talks about that. Right. Cause I, I, but to go back to the very beginning, I don't mind like you're, you're taking your money, you're investing in these, these NFTs that you can't withdraw from. <laughs> uh it's just like there's no way i'm putting money into that are you kidding me uh and and i and i'm the one that's like well let me take a look at qqq let me take a look at spy let me take i'm i'm yeah. buying i'm buying eft i'm buying old school efts that are like well year over year they're like a 2.8 percent return or maybe 3.4 percent return i'm like i'm parking my money i'm putting a hundred thousand dollars so like Three percent of a hundred thousand dollars, like give me three grand, like just give it to me. Like you just, all yeah. the, you really, all I have to do is put this in, and you'll give me three grand. Like just fucking give it to me. Like I, I don't need any more than that. Like it, I, this is the equivalent of me pressing the button, building a lineup in cash games, right? Yep. So if at the end, of, if yep. I find out at the end of, that end of the after six months that I double my money, let's say I just double it, right? That's twenty thousand bucks for pressing a button every day, like. <laughs> Like and it's not like the lost button. It's not the button on lost where you have to or the world blows yeah. up, right? It's not that stress yeah. every whatever every hundred and whatever seconds. Uh, so why not? Now it may turn out that I lose. It may ter- it may turn out that way. But if if I if I if I found the easy button and I get X return and maybe you get more with some other type of strategy and that's perfectly fine. It's the same thing on the stock market. 
I can't believe I can't believe you're not buying GameStop at GameStop at three hundred and sixty dollars, hoping that Reddit floods it even more. Like, are you kidding me? Are you shitting me? The Tootsie Roll. We're gonna. We're all buying. We're all buying Bed Bath and Beyond. And then you see it spike. Oh, I'm not holding the fucking bag when that fucking drops. This isn't natural. I'll I'll, 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 I'll get my index funds. I'll I'll have my money market account with my 1.8 percent interest, and I'll move money around and. I'll be able to pay a car payment or a mortgage payment like that. Like that, that, that's, that's what I'm, I need a trophy. I need a champion, champion, champion the knit. I think that's what we need to do more to champion the knit. Or maybe, maybe people don't have that attitude. Maybe you think I'm stupid. So send in your comments or questions at theoryofdfs.com. Because people ask about bankroll management and contest selection and stuff. But like, I think I, I hope because me and you are different players, but not like dramatically different. But even so, we both, you look at what I do and go, well, that's smart for you, but not smart for you. And I look at you and I go, yeah, I couldn't, pl- I couldn't do what you do because it doesn't fit what I want to do. And mm-hmm. the amount, the, the shades of that, people think in terms of it's either this or that. It's like, no, there's like, there's probably 50 different shades. And they all could be correct for you and figuring out that rather to me, rather than asking, Hey Eric, what do you do? How could I do exactly what you do? Isn't as beneficial as figuring out what you're good at and doing it your way and obviously tracking your progress and going, well, based on my rotor tracker, I'm this X, Y, and Z. I should play golf more and not as much football. And, but, and then there you go. I, oh, I'm very good at GPPs in MLB, but I'm horrible at cash. Ca- so then don't play fucking cash games in MLB anymore. You found out you're, oh, but I'm good at cash games and soccer. So now you're just playing cash games and soccer and GPPs and MLB. And you're, there's one, there's one guy that constantly challenges you to five, $215 head to heads. That's horrible for no apparent reason. And he challenges it to you in NHL. And you know what? You know nothing about NHL, but you know that you can go to your NHL projections and get the optimal lineup, and somehow that beats that guy 80% of the time. So you know what you should be doing? You should be challenging him every day, right? But I don't have access to that guy. That guy just doesn't like you. I mean, like, like it could be anything. So uh, I, I, think, I think the overall perspective, like what you said, is that there's no, there's no one-size-fits-all uh, risk profile. And contest selection, how you manage manage your portfolio of assets. You know, I'm I'm using you know stock terminology, but there's yeah. no one size fits all. So instead of reaching out and finding the one the one what's the one correct way, I think it's I think it's more beneficial to figure out the best way for you, and it's going to be different than everyone else's. Yep, a hundred percent. So Eric, you're at Eric Buy for on Twitter. On Blender HD on Twitter, you could find the theory of daily fantasy sports. We talk about this a lot in uh, in risk management chapter, chapter nine. Uh, all these types of concepts. Uh, so you could pick that up. Fifteen hour DFS audio masterclass at theoryofdfs.com. and uh, we'll be back next, uh, hopefully next Tuesday, if uh, if uh, Eric doesn't uh, disappear. <laughs> <laughs>